LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. And two very special guests. Oh, yeah, and we really mean that this time. Yes. Not that we didn't the other times <laughs> we said it. No, but, but we this, really, really do. We really do. Yeah, because you've probably seen Facing the Giants. Or Courageous. Or, or Love Dare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Film Yeah, Love. exactly. Or Red Five, uh, The Love Dare, or, or did that with your church, I know. Uh, our churches definitely did that over and over again. I, I have a confession to make, <laughs> which will be interesting uh, because it's about my mother-in-law, but it's uh, but my father-in-law actually does listen from time to time. Okay. And it is that I remember, I think it was fireproof. I remember being at their house on some holiday, and I don't watch movies. People that listen to the podcast know that I don't watch a lot of movies or a lot of television. I just have a uh, he's very he's short, short yeah. attention span. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I remember my mother-in-law wanted me to watch Fireproof, and I was like, oh, no, this is another Christian movie. Yeah, I'm going to have to suffer through. Yeah. And we know I the feeling. Say, he was crying at the end. It was like I got to say, you know, <laughs> in a um, good way or a bad from way. From then on, you know, anything that, that you guys do has just – increased every every new movie you guys do is better and better and better from an evocative emotional connection that mm-hmm. anybody can connect with Christian or not um, as well as just giving churches an opportunity to have um, churches and pastor almost an opportunity to springboard off of that and get into something that is a real life real issue in their church Absolutely amazing. So that mm-hmm. is my uh, confession. And a great S- intro Cynthia, <laughs> for Alex and Stephen Kendrick. So thanks, oh, guys. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know what <laughs> Those were the voices That's one of the, in the longest background. intros we've ever had, too. It so was. Sorry about it that. was. Well, thanks, guys, for being on the podcast Thank with you. us. Thank oh, you. It's good to be here. Perfect. Well, you guys have a new film coming out this year, Overcomer. Overcomer. Yeah, give us a quick synopsis, and then we'll get into our questions. Sure. Overcomer is about the theme of identity. Who gets to define who we are, and uh, you know who has the authority to say that? You know, in a culture that tells you you are what you feel like today, mm-hmm. um, who really has the authority to say this is who you are? And um, so the movie asks that question, and, uh, and and it follows three main characters: a high school coach a 15-year-old cross-country runner, and then an elderly man in the hospital that's dying of uh, diabetes, uh, severe diabetes. And, and and the Lord links them and their family members in a very unique way. But the movie uh, follows uh, and, and parallels this, uh, this, this, this journey uh, of this 15-year-old girl and her coach that doesn't want to coach cross-country. He's a, okay. He was a former basketball coach, loved basketball. The problem is that the town that they're in, the, the primary employer in that town, a factory, closes down and moves. And of course, any time that happens in any small right. town, mm-hmm. half this, the town moves to follow where the factory is to keep their job. And so he is left with a gutted basketball team, losing his best players, and half the school moves away, and he's very frustrated and, and mm-hmm. discouraged, as any of us might be. And so he's given the cross-country program. He doesn't think cross-country is a real sport. He's like, why do I got to do this? And, and the main runner has asthma. 
And he's huh. like, this is a joke. <laughs> why, why am I doing this? And so we see he grapples with his own, own identity when what he was known for is stripped from him. Mm. He, he, he struggles, even as a Christian. The young girl is struggling to find her place in this world and who gets to define who she is. She's a runner with asthma. That's why, well, why, yeah. why, why are you even running? She's kind of an orphan, too. She lives yeah. with her grandmother. Oh, and wow. then the elderly man in the hospital that feels like, hey, I've been benched. Um, I've got no purpose anymore. I'm dying. And wh- why am I even here? And uh, we see that the Lord's not done with you until he's done with you. And mm-hmm. uh, so we see identity at three different levels. And, uh, and the movie asks, who gets to define who you are? And, and, and we would say in the film, the creator gets to define his creation. Mm-hmm. But we do so through a lot of inspiration and some big twists at the end. And we just can't wait for people to see the film. Good twist at the end. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm okay. excited for it. But I do have to ask before we get into our questions. I got a question too. So okay. 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 Um, I'll let you go. I, okay, yeah. so playing the coach, do yeah. you like playing the coach again? I, I do. Uh, if it's in my, um, if it's in the ballpark of what I'm able to do, uh, you know, there are some great versatile actors out there mm. that can go crazy from one end of the spectrum to the, to another. I'm not that guy. <laughs> so if it's in my world, uh, then I enjoy it very much. If it's beyond that, I would get somebody else to do it and, and enjoy watching them do it. Yeah, because I'm always reminded of the death crawl. And oh, right, sure. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. most yeah. epic no. scene. Yeah. Well, I, I, I absolutely say, yell in this movie. I do yeah. some yelling. <laughs> let, let me say, Alex is a good coach in real life. He's coached all six of his children to state championships in basketball That's and cross crazy. country. Wow. And so it is a sweet spot for him. It's what he knows. Mm. And he's writing what he knows because he wrote most of the script for this movie and knows so much about cross country that it just fit right in and basketball for that matter. And so um, it's not a far reach. It's awesome. <laughs> well, I know that, you know, coaching is in your background, but also um, being pastors is, is in your background as well. So everybody that listens to this podcast probably already knows I'm going to go Ephesians 2. Yeah. Come on. Immediately. Let's do it. Bring it. Let's do it. I, okay. So I would say, you know, that connection that a a lot of times our churches, uh, at least I've been guilty of it in the past, of making the the connection between Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and Ephesians, then making the leap to Ephesians 2, 10. A lot of times we just leave them, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. We don't help them understand that they are God's workmanship. That's right. That's right. So I'm I, I want to know what connection because this movie the theme is identity um can you go pastoral for me on a moment? Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to start, and then Stephen's going to jump in too. Uh, so, so, so the first thing to note about Ephesians that was interesting for us, the first three chapters of Ephesians basically tell you how to think and what to know about right. yourself. Indicatives to believe. Yeah, indicatives to believe. In other words, not what to do yet, but mm-hmm. how to think. And once I understand who I am in Christ, then I, I go to Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 of what to do about it, how to live that out. Right, right. So there's the indicatives to believe and then imperatives to follow. So when I I'm reading the first, especially the first two chapters of Ephesians. First, it tells me who I am in Christ, right? That I am his workmanship, right? That I belong, that I'm sealed, I'm saved, I'm chosen, I'm redeemed, I'm forgiven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when I, when I uh, understand all of that and I say, I, okay, it doesn't matter how I feel about myself. My feelings do not determine who I am. Mm. And really, it doesn't even matter what culture says about me. They don't have the authority to tell me who I am. Mm-hmm. Who gets to tell me who I am? It's the one in authority. It's God. 
God, right? He right. created me. And so now that I, and so you're in one of two places. You're either outside of Christ or you're in Christ, right? So once I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm under the blood, so to speak, then I go to Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, and it tells me who I am. In light of that, that I am his workmanship, that I, I am redeemed, but I must, I must understand these things so that I can live out the life of a believer, the life of a follower of Christ. And then I go to Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 that tells me how to do that. It gives me a picture of how to do that. Now, I'm, so that's the <clears throat> launching pad yeah. for Stephen. So I'm wondering where you're going to go with it because every time I meet someone and I, I hear their story and they're a believer, mm-hmm. I'm like— you're the God's unique workmanship creating Christ Jesus. Right. When I hear your testimony, I hear your broken home. I hear your the the sins you used to be entangled with. When I hear about everything you've been through in your life, I realize God has saved you from this, and then now He's uniquely gifted you to be able to carry out the Great Commission, bring glory to God, meet people's needs, uh, preach the gospel, uh, comfort people, be the hands and feet of Jesus. So uniquely different from anybody else on the face of the earth. Mm, and so when, when I think back to us growing up and our dad had a huge impact on our lives um, and what he went through and the battles he fought for our family and him embracing Christ and and being the chain breaker in our home. And then I don't, Alex probably remembers this, but when we were growing up, our dad would rent Disney movies and would have movie nights at our church mm. just to do something family friendly. Right. And they would, he'd pop popcorn and he'd show Showing these movies, so we're little elementary school kids sitting there eating popcorn, watching Disney movies in the chapel of our church on these family movie nights. When Billy Graham's movies came out, The Prodigal and the Johnny, yeah, Johnny, those movies, we would go see those movies in the theater to support those. And then we, at the same time, had a next door neighbor who had a video camera and uh, and had a stop and go animation camera. And so we're making little home movies with him. Hmm. And our parents were saying, "God, use our kids for Your glory. You know, help them to grow up and follow You." And Alex comes to them and says, I want to be Han Solo and Indiana Jones. <laughs> and they're like, no, you know, he says, I want to make movies one day. And they're like, no, Hollywood's the armpit of the world. You know, wow. please don't do that. And at the same time, God was in the middle of all of it, preparing us to take the gospel mm. and speak and communicate it in the terms of this generation through visual media. We didn't know iPhones were going to come out and people would be watching these movies in other countries on phones. You know, we had no idea. Right, yeah. It's we're trying to be obedient to what the Lord has called us to do, taking the gifts and talents he's given us. And uh, it's fun and exciting. And Ephesians 1 and 2 says, all of this is to the praise of God's glory, mm. that His our salvation is to the praise of God's glory. Where his workmanship in order to ultimately so that so that the who God is, his awesomeness, his beauty, his grace, his love, everything can be revealed and worshiped through that. So it's not for us, you know, but it's for something so much better than us that God has called us and gifted us to do this. So with every movie, it's it's funny. I look back at Alex's unique giftedness at being a director. And I'm his brother growing up in the same home, but I'm wired like a producer. I'm wanting to organize the teams and the schedules and the way that we tag team together and to get I these things And I don't want to organize the schedules. <laughs> yeah. I just want to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he he's more like a... a 
when he preaches, it's like the Good Samaritan story or the prodigal son, and it's an incredible emotional story, and you're in tears yeah. when the father runs to the son. I'm more of a Sermon on the Mount kind of guy. It's mm. 57 rapid-fire truths one <laughs> after another, you know? And so, but the way that we sharpen one another, help each other pray together, and, and are experiencing the Lord in the process is a lot of fun, but it's also very fulfilling when God does use your gifts and talents to reach people with the gospel. So. Okay. Okay, I That's have so another great. follow-up question, but can I save it for the end? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's save it for the end. Okay, because I would do want to come back to the the connection between what we've what we've just talked about identity and the movie. Yeah, but let's do that then. All, All right. right, you want to go or you want me to? Go? Sure. Okay. So, question number one: Who are you guys learning from? Okay, I'm going to answer that from two different ways. Uh, spiritually, uh, both Stephen and I. It, it, it's absolutely necessary for, I think, a growing Christian to do this. We protect our time with the Lord every day in mm. His Word. So that, that's the, that's the yes. foundation right there. That's right. Secondly, we're, we're still continually in church, learning, learning from the church. Um, the books, they come in seasons when we have lots of time to read. But when we do a movie, there is so much time writing, shooting, casting, you know, editing, all that mm. kind of stuff. It's not so many books read in a movie year. This is a movie year for us. Okay. So we're actually writing more than we're reading. Um, and so so what we do, we'll, we'll constantly, you know, we're driving from point A to point B and we're listening to Michael Todd, Vody Bauckham, uh, you know, the family life resources that they put I, out. I'm studying Tony Morita's, it's actually LifeWay oh, yeah, material, yeah, yeah. his Ephesians commentary yes. right now. And I'm loving it. I'm like, I'm, this is like, fresh meat for me. And so I'm reading a book on the fatherhood of God by Oz Hellman right now. And so it's... So so, uh, you have to stay continually growing. You have to continue uh, feeding yourself spiritually. And so for us, time in the Word and prayer, staying in in good biblical teaching is crucial. And then the books uh, come and really a lot more books come between movie years. Okay. Okay. Now that's that's interesting to hear on on the side of your spiritual development and, and you guys continuing yeah. to grow. But I'm curious on filmmaking. The, yeah, on on that well, side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Things that you so I like where I would go with the follow up is what have you learned? Each movie you do, I'm sure that you learn spiritual new things. Yeah. And and what what have you learned while filming this movie? Okay, yeah. so I, I'm going to answer that. Spiritually or professionally is the, oh, uh, let's the filmmaker. Both, yeah. Okay, okay. So I'm going to start off with the most recent thing the Lord has taught me. I'm in the Old Testament in my, in my personal Bible study, and the more I learn about who I am in Christ, I'm also uh, taking notes spiritually, looking at Scripture from the specific vantage point of God's character. In other words, I'm not tracking down all the things Moses did, Joshua did, whoever, but I'm going through, and everything in my personal journal and quiet time, I'm, I'm writing down what did God say, do, feel, react, think, you know, in each mm, of the situations. Mm. And I'm mindful that I've spent too much time focused on the grace and mercy of God on one side mm. and all the things we love to worship about God, his loving kindness, his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and all those things we love. He's the comforter. He's the, he brings peace. He's, a, he's, our, he's our, our friend and our loving father. On the other side of the spectrum, he's also holy He's, He's also just. righteous. He's also just, and and he, and there is coming a day when he and when he pours out his wrath mm. on sin. He's also judge. We don't sing too many songs about that. <laughs> no. You know that he is. He has spot. a fiery, wrathful 
um, uh, judge position. It's a that pure will, judgment. Yes, that he will pour out on mankind one day. And when mm. I realize the the both sides of that perfect balance, in other words, God has the perfect amount of each of those characteristics, mm. forgiveness, grace, mercy, and love, but also righteousness and holiness and, and justice. He has the perfect amount. And what stands at the middle of all those characteristics from one side to the other is the cross. That's right. The cross is the perfect picture of his mercy, but also his wrath, his his love, but also his righteousness yeah, and holiness. Right. And so the cross is right there. And the more I study those characteristics of God, when, the, when I worship him, I'm so mindful. In other words, I don't camp out on just, oh, God's grace. Thank you for God's grace. His grace is grace. Totally valid. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only thing I should right. camp out on. That's like saying grace. the only color of the rainbow is red. Yeah, you know? and and so when, when and and so and I'm I'm mindful even in my own teaching of youth that, that we we're, we're not I'm not doing it at the moment, but I regularly teach Sunday school and I teach uh, college and, and high school youth. When I do that, I'm mindful. Don't just camp out on one attribute of God's character. Yeah. Learn everything you can from Scripture about who God is, because mm-hmm. he he is all of that spectrum. He is loving and holy, and he's also a righteous judge. And we need to fear him with a holy fear because of that. And when I'm mindful of that, it keeps me uh, away from sin. Yep. It keeps me, God, I worship you and I fear you because you're holy and loving and righteous, and I have a better picture of God and his character. So that's the most recent place God has had me in Scripture, is focusing on that wide uh, spectrum of God's character. That's good. How about you, Stephen? Um, in Scripture, I've been studying identity and Ephesians specifically, just going back over it again and again and again. And then I've been studying the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, a lot of times we grew up in a Baptist church. A lot of times in Baptist churches and many churches, there was such a uh, a fear of extremism in in. The, with the Holy Spirit, the people quit talking about it. You know, Francis Chan wrote the book, The Forgotten God, you know, talking about um, how so many people are ignoring the Holy Spirit's involvement in our lives. But uh, but Jesus is constantly led by the Holy Spirit in his decisions and in how he's living. He is uh, telling us to pray for the Father to, to give us the Spirit. Uh, Ephesians is commanding us to walk by the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. And so I'm just studying that more and more and uh, being blown away at the Lord that uh, Ephesians 1 says that when you believe the gospel, you're sealed with the Spirit. But Ephesians 2 says the Spirit makes you the dwelling place of God mm. and that you walking around, you have the Holy Spirit in in your life, and Ephesians 4 says, don't grieve him with your bitterness, with your sin, with your anger, uh, because he has a, God, God has a tender heart. And, uh, and God wants us to have a tender heart in reflection of that. And then Ephesians 5 saying, be filled, uh, be filled with the Spirit. We're daily to be led by, filled by the Spirit. He's always going to lead us in accordance with the Word of God. He's never going to lead us to, to sin or anything that's in disagreement with the Word. But he is a part of our lives daily. And he'll be pouring out the fruit of his spirit in our lives and guiding our decisions. And so that's been blowing me away. Mm. When I think about Colossians, you talk about learning. 
It talks about let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So God's word is soaking. It talks about admonishing and teaching one another. So around other believers who are also soaking themselves in the word, we're constantly learning from one another as we're speaking the truth and love from one another. God's spirit, if we're praying for wisdom, it is God's spirit that is going to be giving us wisdom to be able to interpret the circumstances of the day through the lens of truth and through scripture, and then giving us discernment as to what we need to do in different circumstances. And so God uses our authorities. He's using uh, books, you know, from other people. So um, I think learning ought to be continual in all circumstances and asking God uh, to help us to, to put into practice his word in that context. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, I'm going to move us to our second question, which is what is the main point of emphasis for your leadership right now with your team? connection with your team. So whenever you're doing a movie, and, and for Overcomer, we had over 100 people on our cast and crew. Uh, going into that, Stephen and I are mindful. We have to set the tone for attitude, work ethic, and unity. And so going into the, shooting this movie, which would took the, the, all summer for months, you know, we go in knowing that we're going to spend long hours, 14-hour days, almost every day with this this group of people. And, and the first week is the honeymoon. Hey, we're making a movie here, and we're excited, <laughs> and we're all energetic. By week four, you're tired, mm. and you feel like you're running a marathon. And, and, um, and, and you say, well, why don't you put more spaces of rest? We do put some spaces of rest. But the equipment you're renting for a movie is so expensive, crazy expensive, that every day you're not shooting, you're flushing money down the tubes. Yeah. Well, and, and it's hotel rooms and it's meals and you're yeah. paying all these people to be away from their families. Yeah. It's, it so really adds up. It's the balance of how much can we get done in a certain amount of time and still be wise and good stewards of the, the budget. And so we're working hard over the summer. So for us, we have to say, okay, this is our attitude. Watch your anger. Stay um, a, a, a affirmative with everyone that's around you. Uh, take your problems to the Lord and respond wisely. Be patient and, and guard the unity of the team. Mm-hmm. Guard that unity. We are on the same team, yep. aiming toward the same goal to get this movie done, and uh, for a good reason. And so uh, we guard that unity very carefully. If someone is causing disunity, uh, we address it quietly. And if they continue to cause disunity, then we excuse them from the team. Okay. Uh, b- because as a leader, uh, better to uh, even even go down path B in unity to accomplish your goal than stay on A and fight all the time. Mm, stay on right. path A. Does that make sense? So so uh, so we set the tone, we set the model, and then on top of that, you guard the unity of the team. I would say also um, the, behind the scenes and over the years, seeking the Lord has to be something that we need to keep reminding each other of. Hebrews 11 says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when we're trying to make a decision about should we use this artist's song in this movie? Should we hire this actor rather than that actor? Should we shoot in this city or that city? A lot of times our best knowledge and understanding is so limited. We don't know the future and we don't know the human heart and we don't know what needs to happen. And so there's many, many times the end of a conversation is, all right, we've gathered all the information. We really need to pray. <laughs> you know, yeah. We need God to give us a sense of direction and open and close doors here and discernment as to what we need to do. And that is an ongoing conversation we have behind the scenes. Every Every time we meet as a team at Kendrick Brothers, uh, we, we start off with just a time of prayer as a team. Everything that we're worried about dealing with, we're laying those things before the Lord. Many times we're in the middle of an edit or we're in the middle of a, a crisis or a decision or a problem, and we just hit the pause button and we're praying. So seeking the Lord is 
is a should be an ongoing everyday thing for anybody, especially if you want to be a leader like Jesus, mm. uh, because his his practice often was to get along with the Father and spend time with Him. The second thing I would say is walk in love. Mm. Uh, Ephesians five says, because we're so loved by God, we need to imitate God. And then it says, how am I going to imitate God? It says walk in love. And so if you go into your meetings and you go into the day asking the question, how can I be the hands and feet of Jesus? How can I love on my team? Well, it's fun to love on people. It's fun to be Santa Claus at Christmas or to walk in and give the Christmas bonus. Or, yeah. But it doesn't have to be financial. It can be encouragement. It can be comfort. Basically, everyone around you feels devalued, misunderstood, unappreciated. And a lot of times they're grieving and hurting over the, right. the problems of the day. When you step in and you're saying, how you doing? And how can I pray for you? And what's going on in your life? And many times you don't even have to say anything. It's going to come up. It's going to leak out with a complaint or a venting or a comment, or I have to go to a doctor's appointment or my daughter's in the hospital or whatever. You're going to see the need of the moment. Will you shift then towards meeting that need? If they're hurting, you comfort. If they're worried, you pray with them. If they don't have direction and you've got an answer or, hey, I can call this person or whatever. But when you serve people and just love on them, uh, not only does it tie your heart to their heart, uh, but God oftentimes shows up in that context. And so in the busyness of the work day, we should never neglect loving on one another in the process. We actually become more effective and more efficient and more fruitful when we when those worries are dealt with, right. when the fears and those hurts are dealt with, and we can, in love, move forward in unity towards accomplishing the goal. So can you share uh, a quick story about a time that that happened during the, the filming of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, on set, all the time, uh, we're, everybody around you has needs constantly, you know? So we will start off every day on our movie sets. And it costs us more to do this, but it's just worth it for us. We will, we will fund a breakfast for the crew that we all have together, and it's from the top to the bottom of anybody that's on the crew. And we'll start the day off with a devotion, they're being pray- paid to hear God's word for five to seven minutes. <laughs> and then we will pray over the day. We'll encourage them publicly. Uh, usually I'll do something called the Blow Pop Awards. And every day I'm giving out a Blow Pop and honoring somebody on the crew mm. for uh, just to say, we really appreciate you being on our team and being here and the great job you're doing. Or yesterday you ran out in the rain and covered up the camera and saved us all kind of money, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, whatever the issue is. But I try to honor people. And then we pray and dedicate the day to the Lord. And then if you're a good leader, then you're going to want to equip the people that are up underneath your leadership and around you and ultimately give your job away so that you can get hit by a bus and the, the, the mission keeps moving forward. And secondly, you will be freed up to then serve them and love them. Jesus said, if you want to be a great leader, then you need to humble yourself and you need to serve the needs of those that are around you. So talk about Abby. So we were on set one day. So you have to make him tell the story. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah. I see why you're the storyteller. Yeah. Who's the older brother? Alex is older. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we're on set one day, and there was an intern named Abby, and uh, and somebody just mentioned, they're like, she's like practically in tears today. She's struggling. She doesn't think she can do well, she, the, she the had, job, and she's she's got a lot on her she, shoulders. She made, and made a couple of honest mistakes. Yeah. And, and it really bothered her because she desperately wanted to be professional. And she, and she was doing a great job. But she had made a couple of mistakes, and it was really eating at her, and she got very, very discouraged. So instead of going and firing her or chewing her out, and you need to suck it up, and, you know, I walked over and I said, how you doing? 
And, you know, people, especially when you're talking to your boss, you're going to try to, you know, strengthen up and say, I'm okay, you know, we're going to make it. And so, and I just said, uh, I put my hand on her shoulder and I said, Abby, I want you to know uh, we're a family here. And uh, you can be imperfect in our world. We give each other grace. We're, we're all making mistakes every day. I said, you have permission to be human on this set. Mm. Secondly, if there's anything you need, if you feel overwhelmed, come and tell me. You know, I'll either pray with you or give you some support or we'll give it to somebody else. But I'm glad you're here. I value you. I'm glad you're on our team. God's got you here. And uh, and I appreciate what you're doing. You, you can do this. And if you're struggling with anything, let me know. And so it, it provided a context for her to feel like somebody cares and they yeah. value me and they understood. Then I prayed over her and she's crying, you know. Uh, we had I don't know how many times we had that happen where where somebody's in a in a really stressful situation and you just go over and say, Hey, can I just pray for you? Mm. And <clears throat> you just pray and you mean it. You're not just saying words to encourage them. You really are asking the father to step into that context in that situation. And they experience God because they'll see the answers to those prayers showing up. But it was like taking the parking brake off of her, having that just five-minute conversation with her, and the whole rest of the shoot, she's walking around with a smile on her face yeah. because she felt understood, valued, and loved. And what did I do? I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to go through my day saying, God, you said walk in love. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Look for the need around you and try to serve those needs. And that's Jesus-type leadership. Yeah. And there's moments like that every single day, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, how easy would it have been for you to just be like, well, you're my employee. I mean, that's you're right. on our team. Suck it up. I mean, you just be professional and let's go on with the day, yes. right? But you took that moment, right? Served her like Jesus did. And I mean, look at the result of that as you know, Absolutely. and sometimes that means having a hard conversation. Yeah. It means pulling somebody aside saying, I need your help. You're killing me. Mm. <laughs> and you rebuking them like you would want someone tough to rebuke love. you. Yeah. yeah. It's giving them tough love. You're speaking the truth in love and you're aiming them in the right direction. But Jesus, did, you know, how many times did he rebuke his disciples or yeah. get onto them because he loved them? They knew he loved them, but we're not going to grow unless sometimes we have people step into our lives and tell us the truth. So well, that's good. That's good. Now, you guys mentioned last summer you were filming, and the movie's coming out. Do you have a day? August the 23rd. Okay, August the 23rd. So, I mean, we are, at the time of this recording, I mean, we're coming up. I yeah. mean, we're coming. It's a few months away, and and you had mentioned there are different seasons, right, in, in writing and yep. filming and, and everything else going now to marketing and, and writing and all this stuff right now. So, so the next question is all about your daily rhythms, and what benefit they have for you in your leadership. So talk to us about one or two of those, uh, regardless of the season. Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do family first. Yeah. So in the mornings, uh, I spend time with the Lord first. And mm. so that's, you know, 30, 45 minutes of just me with the Lord. Now, if I need to go longer, I go longer. You mm. know, and there's some days I'm like, no, nah, I got I to gotta, I gotta get into this and spend more time in prayer with, with, with the Lord. Uh, I, I see my family, my kids off to school. Uh, my wife and I take turns taking them to school, okay. and uh, so see them off in the evenings. We do regular devotions as a family, and so I share with what what, what I'm learning. Encourage my kids to to stay 
in their own devotions. So we do devotions individually and collectively as a family. For me, it was important for me, and we and we just finished a few months ago going through the entire Bible chapter by chapter as a family. So we have now, as a, and I have six kids, as a family, read literally the entire Bible together, <laughs> sitting in our living room. And so and so now you start back over. This this time we're not going chronologically. We're going just to portions that the Lord may say. You know, focus on this, focus on yeah, that. Okay. But we do that as a family, and so. You know, leadership for me um, starts in the home, and so I'm, I'm pouring into my kids first. And then when we get into Kendrick Brothers, we meet regularly every week. We pray together with our team, and it's not a big team. It's it's five to seven people mm. that we, we pray together um, as the Kendrick Brothers and, and our few employees and ask God to guide us in, in, in every stage of whatever we're in, writing, producing, editing, pr- promoting, whatever it is. We go through all of those collectively uh, you know, t- together sharing what God's teaching us. Mm-hmm. For me, just in addition to to what Alex said, <clears throat> I want to stretch every morning. Uh, I prefer a cup of coffee in the morning. Uh, I, I try to pray every morning and dedicate the day to God and say, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit today? Would you guide me? And would you help me to honor you? I, I want no bitterness in my heart against anybody. So that means forgiving anybody who's hurt me, you know. And I, and I can honestly say, <clears throat> I... I uh, I have zero person in my life in the past who's hurt me that I have not forgiven. Mm-hmm. I've got no bitterness in my heart. Mm-hmm. And there's such a joy and a freedom with that. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4 says it grieves the Holy Spirit when we have bitterness in our lives. And so, and then uh, if there's any sin in my life, if God's convicting me of anything, I want to have no unconfessed sin in my life. Nothing that I'm withholding from him that I'm hiding. Quickly repent, you know. Uh, or Right when I got married, sometimes my wife and I would be three or four days in the doghouse before we'd reconcile, you know. Then it got to be two days or one day, and then it can get down to where we can work through something quickly. Mm-hmm. It needs to be that way in our relationship with the Lord, that if he convicts you of something, it needs to be instant repentance. It needs to be seconds after you realize I'm in sin, and hopefully you're repenting at the level of iniquity with the thought and this, before this you do. And this is why that's important. Read that. That was mm-hmm. that was yesterday. Okay, this is, this is Alex's quiet time yesterday. Jeremiah 17, 10. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So I, so we are aware, and just like what you just said, Lord, yeah. is there anything in my heart? Because right. you're, you're going to search it anyway. Yeah, he knows. You know, I can't hide anything He already knows. Right. And so, and so, I want your blessing. I want to know I'm tracking with you, God, and I want your blessing on all that I do. And when we don't track with the Lord, when we have unconfessed sin, or when we have bitterness in our heart, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, in, you know, uh, involve the blessing of the Lord. He's mm-hmm. not gonna bless that. Yeah. And so I was reminded just yesterday, God looks at my heart and he searches my heart. He loves me. He wants to bless the work of my hands, but I have to stay right before him. Uh, picking back up for my day, I want to communicate. I want to be affectionate and verbally affirming to everybody in my family. So I want to hug my wife and every one of my kids and communicate I love you to every single one of them uh, every day if I if I can, and so uh, and to affirm them. And so those those aspects of my routine uh, help me to launch into a day with with a better mindset and. Uh, and it's exciting to see when you dedicate a day to the Lord how he shows up throughout the rest of the day. That's good. I think that kind of leads us into our uh, fourth question, which is what does leadership in your homes look like? Well, we've touched on it a little yeah. bit. <laughs> you know, sure. we, we're the spiritual leaders and we set the parameters. Uh, I, I'm gonna, so I'm going to talk about a hard one, currently a hard one. Um, 
you know, what we uh, feed on visually, what we feed on audibly, the music that we're listening to and in our entertainment will impact how we think and how we feel and what's important to us. So right now, even though we have pretty good standards for the type of entertainment that we allow in our home. I don't want anything in my home that that is displeasing to the Lord. At the same time, I don't want to be so legalistic that I frustrate my kids. They're like, well, we don't even know what all of our friends are talking about because we have no clue because we're not allowed to do anything, you know? So I want to make sure, Lord, give us a, a, a wise balance that we don't hide our kids from the world, but they know how to view the world when they encounter it. So what does so, that look like? So, uh, so we determined... We're not going to allow anything in our home that take, takes God's name in vain. Mm. We're not going to dishonor the Lord in our own home. We are, we dedicated our home to the Lord. So, in, and so once in a while there'll be a YouTube video, something somebody pulls up. We're unaware that somebody's going to take the Lord's name in vain, and you know, you you deal with that obviously as that comes up. But we any movie that we watch, any program that we watch, or even what we listen to, we want to make sure that it's not dishonoring the Lord. So what I tell my kids that, you know, not every song you listen to has to be a Christian song or a praise song, right? But at the same time, we look at it as a healthy plate of food, right? If you fill your plate with desserts first, Mm. and then at the very end, you eat a small portion of green beans, your nutrition level is going to be (laughs) way off and is going to impact your health, right? right? At the same time, your mind and your heart are going to be impacted by what you feed your mind and your heart, your eyes and your ears. And so every once in a while, I'll say, okay, guys, you're listening to this, this pop music or this, you know, this type of music, whatever, uh, which I consider ear sugar, right? Or I sugar would be, hey, we want to watch Star Wars again. We want to watch, you know, you know whatever, this, this, how to train your dragon again or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, kids, so let's talk about this. Let's be mindful of what you're feeding your eye. You don't want to just feed your, you know, eye candy so much that you're getting soft and you're not getting wise with, with your discernment. So sometimes we'll go on a fast Yep. And we'll say no phones, no TV, no movies, no no secular music for a month mm. just to say, okay, we're going to get back to exclusively content that helps us grow spiritually. Yeah. Now, am I so legalistic that we're going to do that continually? I'm not. But I, I strive to find the balance, and it's also in relation to the personality of my kids. Right. I know what they tend to respond to and what they don't respond to. So for one kid, I'm going to say, hey, let's go a week without your phone. No texting, no Instagram. And then an, another time I'll say, okay, that's fine. You can you can play this game or you know, Nintendo or Wii or whatever, um, and, and because I see that there's a healthy balance. So for me as the father, I have to lead not only by example, but I have to set uh, God-honoring parameters for my kids where they know that ultimately in our home, we want to please the Lord. So I don't want to go too far to an extreme. And neither do I want to allow things in my home that are going to stunt the spiritual growth of my kids. Yeah. So that that's my responsibility as a dad. That's good. And so I have to be very proactive in doing that. Mm. I would say um, that shepherding is the model, ultimate model of leadership that Jesus pointed out in John 10. And if a man or a woman is the leader in their home, uh, a, a husband should be the leader of his wife and, and his children, and he should view himself as a shepherd. You may have single moms out there, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm 
I'm running the show, you mm-hmm. know, with where I am. But basically that whole idea of a shepherd, a shepherd is providing. So not only physically do I need to be working and providing for my family, but spiritually I'm providing for them. Emotionally, I'm affectionate. I'm affirming. I'm encouraging. I'm teaching them at the same time. There's a protection aspect of that. It could be filters on our internet. It could be, no, you can't hang out with those friends. It could be, no, you can't watch that movie or no, to, you know, I'm not apologizing for protecting you. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians 13 says, love protects and I love you. And so I'm going to protect you. And so then there's the modeling by example. Jesus says that the sheep, the shepherd is going before the sheep modeling. So follow me as I follow Christ. My kids are seeing me get, go in my prayer closet and get on my knees and crowd to God for him to help me with my, with what I'm struggling with for the day. Uh, they're seeing me repent and apologize to them when I blow it. They're seeing me humble myself, you know, when I, when I'm, uh, when I don't have all the answers or when something goes wrong. And so trying to model those examples of, of follow me as I follow Christ. When I think about discipleship, the great commission ought to begin in the home. Jesus says, you're winning, your, winning someone to Christ, you're baptizing them, and then you're teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So praying for your kid's salvation, putting them in a context where they're going to hear the gospel, you modeling the gospel. When they do get saved, hopefully they will, when they do get saved, then helping them plug into the local church, go public with that baptism like Jesus said in Matthew 28, and then shifting towards teaching them to read the Bible for themselves. Mm-hmm. I do read my, the Bible out loud to my kids. I do have them in good churches. that They're hearing the word all the time in our home. But more importantly is that they develop the habit for when they graduate from high school and go off to college of getting up and spending time in God's word on a daily sure. basis, praying about their own problems, stepping up in their own lives. We just went on, it's interesting, Alex just said that. We just went on a sugar fast for a month of January and also a media fast, no movies, no, because I started noticing my kids are addicted to sugar. They're asking for it every day. They want dessert after every meal and they are, they're starting to ask for movies all the time. Can we watch a movie tonight? Can we watch a movie tonight? Can we watch a video tonight? Can we And so when you realize that they're out of balance and they're starting to get hooked on something, you throttle back and help detox them off of that so that you can live, you can stay in the lane and get out of the ditches in in a situation. So Alex is spot on. He's modeled that well for me and my family. He's three years older than me, but he would tell me about those media fasts and we just did it recently with my kids and it's a good thing. So That's good. That's good. Now, Alex and Steven, if you were sitting down with your 20-year-old selves, uh, what advice would you give yourself on preparing to leave? Actually, you could give his 20-year-old self <laughs> yeah. advice and he could give That'd be good, yeah. That's never been done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, first, now Stephen's an awesome brother. My, both my brothers are incredible brothers, and we love working together, the three of us, because we're different enough to we complement each other with skill sets that n- all three of us don't have, you know? I, Steven's a great producer. I don't want to be a producer, mm. right? It's hard for me. I have to burn a lot of wood, you know, to be a producer. But telling stories, I don't have to try very hard to yeah. tell stories. I see it in my head. I hear the music in my head. I'm like, oh, man, this is, yes. you know, and yeah. I love casting that vision to our team when we're making a movie. But, uh, but you know, so all things, you know, script writing, uh, directing, acting, those all have to do with telling the story. Mm. That's why I enjoy those things. And then Stephen comes along and we do the materials that support the theme of identity or war room, it was prayer, fireproof, it's marriage, courageous is parenting. And Stephen comes in with all these, hey, here's 200 passages from scripture we incorporate into this <laughs> Bible study. And I'm like, man, that's incredible. So yeah. uh, so anyway, um, uh, so you had asked- 20-year-old self. 20-year-old self. self. Well, first- 
uh, the older I get, the more I realize how little I knew mm. at age 20. And when I was 20, I was very ambitious. I was probably too confident, right? Because I'm like when I look at the millennial generation, they quote unquote know so much. You know? <laughs> I think, wow, you have a lot of, a lot of academic intellect and not a lot of life experience. And so, um, experience is, is an incredible teacher. So, um, and there's a there's a little bit of an attitude with the twenty year olds too, you know. And, and I love them. I was one, you know, obviously. So I would say, Alex, um, keep your mouth shut more often. Mm. Uh, you don't realize how much you need the Lord. In That's your right. youth, you're unaware of the length of your days. Now that I'm approaching 50, I'm very aware of the length of my days mm-hmm. and that youth is not permanent. My Just like my hair was not permanent, you know, yeah. it falls out and turns gray over time. And that I'm, I'm even more grateful for time with my spouse and my children. I'm more grateful, and I see a bigger need for the Lord in my life. As he expands our platform, I'm like, Lord, I realize how much I need you in every single area. Uh, beforehand, I would acknowledge God, but I, I had too much confidence in myself. Mm. So I would say, Alex, don't be so confident in yourself. Be confident in the Lord and stay humble before him, and do not let ambition drive you. Ambition is not a good leader. It's a good follower. Ooh, ambition good. ambition is the gas in the tank to help the engine go. It should never be the engine. That's really in good. other words, God's <laughs> call should be the engine. Ambition should help you pursue God's call. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was too ambitious. I, I had to be on solo. I have to make the Christian version of Indiana Jones. Mm. And all of a sudden, the Lord was saying, Alex, no. No, you're going to make movies. I've put that in your heart. I've wired you that way, but you're not going to make movies for you. You're going to make movies for me. And when I finally understood that, I would not change a thing. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fulfillment that the Lord has given us and doing these hard things, but when I, when I watch him show up the way he's shown up, man, you couldn't pay me millions and millions of dollars to do it any differently. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, my 20 year old self had a lot of pride that I didn't realize was in me. Uh, I went through some things in my late twenties that God used to, to really crush me and I needed it. After I went through that, I looked back and saw a lot of pride in me that I was totally unaware of. I loved the Lord. I wanted to follow the Lord. I was, uh, any area where there was sin in my life, it was revealing that I was believing in my own logic and rationale rather than what God's word was saying in those situations. And so, uh, when I think back to, um, uh, overconfidence, like Alex said, uh, I, I would, I would tell myself develop better habits if I could go back. Uh, I wish I had developed better habits of discipline, of watching less TV and spending more time in God's Word, reading more good books better, uh, asking more questions and listening to other people rather than talking so much, uh, not saying yes to everything. Mm. Uh, when you're young, you have a lot of energy. You think you're in- invincible. So you say yes to everything and your schedules get filled up with a lot of you know, wasted conversations, wasted activities. Uh, I think asking yourself the question, will it matter 10 years from now is a good question to filter your activities. That's good. Uh, because if yeah. it's not going to matter for eternity or matter 10 years from now, a lot of times it's it's going to be a waste of your time. And mm-hmm. so, and then serving in the moment, like, like I talked about earlier, being more sensitive to people around you are hurting, they're struggling, they need they need someone to step into their life and love on them and pray for them and encourage them and and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I have so much fun 
in conversations and meeting with people when I'll take my eyes off myself and just say, tell me about you and what God's doing in your life. Uh, it's always an adventure. It's like opening up a, a treasure chest of, of this person's story and what God's doing in their life. So, Yeah, and I, and I would add to that the, uh, the question that I learned to ask myself is, what, what can the Lord trust me with? You know, I wanted so much so young. I want to be this hit filmmaker, and I want to accomplish all these things. Could the Lord trust me with that platform at the time? No. Mm. I was not ready for it. I wanted it, but I was not ready for yeah. it. So today that I realize how much I need the Lord and how much I need his direction, how much I need his wisdom, he can trust me with more because I understand that. In my youth, I was like, I want to conquer the world. Mm. Today, I want to I want to do whatever God wants me to do. I don't have to conquer the world. That's right. You know, and so that that was a nice lesson for me to learn. And um, uh, I don't have to be the most impressive guy on the block. You know, uh, I, I I want to be in God's favor. I love that. So I think it's obvious from you know the course of the interview that you guys obviously are are still shepherds in your church as well as in your homes, um, and just the when we talked about you know, what's the theme of the film? Uh, and you talked about identity. Um, one of the analogies that uh, our listeners are used to me talking about is that idea of a race. So to say that in a lot of instances, we have treated baptism like it's the finish line in our churches when it's really the starting line. That's because right. Because moving people from 289 to 210, um, how does this movie, which is oddly enough, about that analogy, mm-hmm. how does that, how can it be a springboard for pastors and churches to help, you know, bring that identity out of their people? When I realized that God did not design me to be a comedian, because I used to want to be funny, right? He did not design me to be a senior pastor. He did not even design me to do what Stephen does in making movies. He designed me to specifically tell stories based on my time with the Lord. When I when I spend time with him, he, to, to, he inspires me with stories that will draw people to either a closer walk with the Lord or to introduce them to a relationship with God through salvation. Mm-hmm. That is my assignment. When I understood my assignment for the Lord, I can walk in that and be content and find fulfillment. So first, from the, from the big picture, I needed Jesus as my Lord and Savior, right? right? Then once I understand that I am I am a child of God, I am loved, I then can get more specific into what have you wired and designed me specific to, specifically to do? What is my assignment? And then as I sought the Lord and he made that very clear, I'm now doing my assignment. Mm. And that is really fulfilling. It's not yeah. easy, but it's really, really fulfilling. So I don't struggle with, oh, I'm not accomplishing enough or I'm not, you know, I, and, and, and it, take, it, it pulls me away from comparing myself to other people. Right. Right? And and so comparison is terrible. Yeah. Comparison either makes me proud because I'm better than that guy or it makes me jealous because I'm not as good as that guy. Mm-hmm. Comparison is the worst. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm content in who God designed me to be. So so to answer your question, for me, I, I, I embraced who I am in Christ and I specifically am doing exactly what God called me to do. So when I teach that to my kids, all six of my kids are different. So first, you are loved by God. You are loved by me, your earthly father and your earthly mother. And we are going to help you develop in whatever God wants you to do. And you're not just going to do what dad wants you to do as far as a living. I want you to do what God wants you to do. Mm. So I'll give you tasks right now to practice. But ultimately, I want 
want you to seek the Lord, learn all you can in school, and and whatever God puts on your heart, we're going to give that to the Lord. If he gives it back to you, we're going to develop it. One of my kids wants to be a missionary. We just got back from Uganda. Yeah. Right? We go over to Uganda on a short-term mission trip. They come back, and I see how they're blossoming over there. Man, if this is the direction God's taking you, let's develop that. Another one of my kids wants to be a cinematographer. I didn't have to push him to do that, even though Mm -hmm. I'm in movies. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm developing that. Can you do that and honor the Lord, right? And so um, so whatever direction the Lord's taking my kids, that's, you know, b- raise them up in the admonition of the Lord, and the, and the Lord will determine their path. So I want to nurture that. So for Ephesians, for me, first, you have to establish who, who are you in, in Christ? Do I truly know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? If that's true, let's go deeper. He is now working on you to give you an assignment to understand he's wired you a certain way to, to understand God just didn't make me any cog in the wheel. He made me to go a specific place for a specific purpose and a specific time. Lord, what do you want me to do? And the closer I walk with him and the more, more I'm in his word, the more he makes that clear. That's powerful. Um, God is infinite and flowing out of the throne of God, it says in Revelation 22, is life and blessing and healing and grace. And, you know, it's not a pond, it's a river. And we will spend an eternity in heaven learning new things about God, enjoying him at greater degrees, serving him in greater capacities, uh, fellowshipping with one another. It's going to be amazing. In the meantime, we are in a broken world with people desperately in need of the gospel, desperately in need of hope in a relationship with God. And so when a person experiences Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and they get saved, that's like making the football team. Mm -hmm. But man, you didn't make the football team to sit on the bench. He wants to get you out in the game and use you, man, to do great things. You know, it's like it's like getting the driver's license. You didn't get the license just so you can pull it out of your wallet and show your friends, and so you can get out and and make things count. You know, or it's or you you became the firefighter now. Now let's go out and save some people, rescue them from the fire. So Ephesians two ten. It's so exciting when people get saved that they realize, oh, even before I became a Christian. God determined who my parents were. God determined my gender. God determined the when I would be born and where I would live in the world. If, uh, Acts 17 says he put me there so that I, he, he determines where we live and when we will live there so that we will seek him and find him because he's not far from any of us. But then he saves us and it's so fulfilling for us to say, God, now I get to get in the game. I get to meet needs. I get to learn more things about you. I get to proclaim your awesomeness and your goodness. I get to rescue people from the fire. I get to, you know, to, to, to meet new people around the world and fellowship with them. So the journey has just begun yeah. when you give your life to Christ. And man, there's no telling. The Bible says our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So man, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine in this life and in the life to come. And we need to get busy living it out. That's yeah. great. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Really appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, enjoyed it. Wow, (laughs) that was fun, man. I, you know, having watched all their movies, you know, you kind of have a have an image, right, of who Alex is. And Steven is behind the scenes, so right. he's not really in the video, but you see kind of crew shots and all that stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize how pastoral the guys were. Both of them. Yeah. That was legit. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, these guys, if you couldn't tell, they were in the studio with us. And, yeah, that's what I was shocked by. Oh, completely. I'm like, I... 
and I knew they had pastoral ministry background, totally. but you know, being in the movie industry like this, I just didn't realize. I mean, they they're legit. For sure. I mean, they kept coming back to Ephesians again and again and again. I know. Even when I tried to take them away from Ephesians, they came back to Ephesians. Yeah, you could tell that they uh, really do. about the yeah. message of the movie. Completely. And talking about that, we asked them afterward what the best way would be to support this movie. And they said, hey, it opens August 23 in 1,700 theaters. And if it does well there, it goes broader. Yeah, and that Sony's going to put in money to expand it out. And, and they really emphasize this, right? They said, if that happens, more people will have the At chance the the day, to yeah. hear the gospel because they do have oh, There's a, a full-on, <laughs> straight-up, 100% gospel presentation centers prayer in the movie. Yeah, for sure. So I know a lot of churches will do movie nights where you'll grab the movie, do kind of a, a big event, invite the community. And, and I think that's still a great thing to do. But to support the movie, we'd love it if you bring a group of people, invite your church to go to, yeah. to go together even on August 23rd, that opening weekend. Totally. To There's watch Bible Overcomer. study tools and a bunch of other stuff coming that comes with that too. That, uh, of course, we're um, our organization is working with them on because we followed up with one of the guys that was here too, and he's like, "Hey, we have seven different things coming out to help support that whole core message that is in the film." So, just like War Room, and just like some of the other things that have mm-hmm. been so good for uh, churches to come alongside something like this, it's a it's a great way to get new people engaged and new believers engaged. So, definitely check it out. Awesome. Well, we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>